absolute power corrupts absolutely. Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the one and only show, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, that you should be listening to. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master. Get on up and listen to me, because I got a lot of things I want to cover today. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I say that's 347-637-3220 is the place to be if you want to talk to JT, The Master, and you know that will be me. I also have a chat room sitting out there if you want to jump in the chat room without actually talking to me. I don't see a reason why you wouldn't want to talk to me. But if you want to jump on that chat, chat room, you can press those uh, computer keys and type in whatever you got to say, a question, a comment, or make a statement. You could do that in that chat room if you so please. Now, the show today, jam-packed, I got an hour. NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, and like I talked about last week, some politics. I'm going to talk about some politics, world politics and national politics. I think they're more or less uh, now, nowadays, especially within the last week, intertwined. And uh, I want to put my thoughts out on it, too. So we got a jam-packed show. You like to jump into the fray, as I say. I got that from the Game of Thrones. I hope you uh, people have been um, taking my advice and watching the Game of Thrones since its inception. This is a uh, series, uh, excuse me, uh, season six. Unfortunately, uh, and I'm, I'm saying it affectionately when I say this. Unfortunately, tonight will be the last episode for this season episode 10 until next uh next spring next april i want to be quite naturally be season season seven but if you haven't watched the game of thrones or you just jumped in and watched it this season for whatever reason and missed the last five seasons go back any uh there's a bunch of places that you can catch up on the game of thrones from the beginning, where the one of the main char- characters, uh, there was a surprise with one of the main characters, up until now. Where it's always full of surprises, and I guarantee you, they're going to leave you hanging on your seat with questions and what, whatever it may be. In episode 10... Um, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on HBO. Uh, that's, a, that's a plug, unsolicited, unsolicited plug to me uh, for the Game of Thrones. Um, and I just had to put it out there because it's an exciting show. Hopefully you've uh, caught on uh, and been watching it over the last few seasons and, and, and are enjoying it, which 
uh, I have been um, throughout the years. All right, let's get into this political, not political fray. Let's get into the show. I got a lot of things to cover, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and like I said, some thoughts, some political thoughts. So we'll hit it this way first. Let's talk about the NFL. And the reason why I want to talk about the NFL is this. Uh, we talked about it shortly or short time uh, yesterday on the FSP show, which is 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, every afternoon on Saturday, with Victor being the host, I am being the co-host. And that's one of the things we brought up yes, uh, yesterday. It's about this report from the Al Jazeera, uh, which was made by Charlie Sly, a former anti-aging clinic, uh, who, who made the allegations in the, in the Al Jazeera report, who uh, secretly taped, excuse me, secretly videotaped as part of his documentary. He, he, since then, and I'll just say it like this, since that, uh, uh, Sly, has, Sly has since recanted, I should say. On January 11th, 2016, the league notified uh, Mr. Uh, Peppers, Neal, uh, Matthews, and Harrison that it had initiated an investigation following the airing of the Al Jazeera America documentary, which raised serious issues concerning their possible violation of the NFL slash NFL PA policy on performance enhancing substances. Um, The players were further advised with their full and timely cooperation, the investigation will be conducted expeditiously and with minimal disruption. While the investigation has proceeded, we have, they have yet to interview the players. They've attempted since early April to work with the NFLPA to schedule them, but despite multiple requests, the NFLPA has failed to respond except to seek reconsideration of the basis for the investigation. This continuing delay and avoidance has obstructed, and this is from the NFL, our ability to conduct and conclude the investigation. And a quote from um, the NFL, in fairness to all, including the players involved, we must move forward with the interviews. Accordingly, this will advise that the interviews of Mrs. Uh, Messrs. Peppers, Matthews, and Harrison will be scheduled for the first day of their respecting, respective training camps. And the interview of Mr. Neal, who happens to be a free agent, take place on or before July 22nd. The players will be advised of the specific scheduling details by separate correspondence on which the NFL PA will be copied. And of course, an NFL PA representative may attend each interview should the player so request. Like I said, Mike Neal is a free agent um, currently. He was a former Packers linebacker, and his his interview is going to take place between on or before July 22nd. Packers open training camp on July 26th. 
Steelers open training camp on July 29th. So on July 26th, according to this report, that uh, uh, Clay Matthews is going to get an interview. July 22nd, like I said, currently free agent Mike Neal, formerly of the Packers, and I'll say it again, will get interviewed on the 22nd. And uh, also named in this, but he's no longer in the league, uh, is Peyton Manning. The report alleged that Manning was given a supply of human growth hormone in 2011 from an Indiana-based anti-aging clinic. And uh, Manning was not mentioned in the letter, but a source told USA Today Sports that the NFL investigation is still progressing. Uh, Supposedly, uh, Manning um, vehemently, vehemently denied accusations he used human growth hormones or PEDs during his recovery from neck surgery in 2011. So he's no longer a member of the NFLPA because he retired. So he doesn't really have to deal with this this uh, 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 this problem. But Mr. Peppers, Mr. Matthews, Mr. Harrison, Mr. Neal, all have to deal with this um, problem. Unless Mike Neal decides to retire, and I don't think he wants to do that. So he's still a member of the NFLPA and being a member of the NFLPA and being named in his report, he's going to have to deal with it and uh, get interviewed. So besides worrying about training camp, besides worrying about um, all the things that take place in training camp, first day of training camp for each one of these guys, they're going to have to be interviewed about this uh, report. And Peppers and um, Clay Matthews, big, big uh, factors in the um, Packers defense. Uh, Hopefully, It'll come on the wrong side of this because it will it will affect the way the Packers go about doing their business on defense uh, a lot. Julius Peppers is a is a huge uh, um, well let me put it this way: Julius Peppers and Clay Matthews are huge contributors contributors to the defense, and it would be a huge blow if these guys, for whatever reason, and it looks like this is for PEDs. And it's it, it's a hell of a coincidence that it, three of the uh, uh, members named in this report are Packers. One, and, and like I said, two of them are active players. One's a free agent. He's an active, but he's not on anybody's team. But was a member of the Packers. Are involved in this. I don't know what the mindset, the culture is in, in um, um, West, Green Bay, Wisconsin, but it could have a huge impact on. Um, the Packers defense going forward for this season. So we'll just have to wait um, after the interviews have taken place in the later part of uh, July and uh, see what takes place after that, whether it's a foundation or there's nothing to it or a further investigation 
um, and it leads to sometime in the middle of the season where these guys may may uh, possibly get um, um, get suspended. And I'm not saying it's true, but it's a possibility. And you would have to think that, uh, depending on what part of the season, if it's not in the beginning, uh, which won't, won't impact the teams that much more than if it was in the later part of the season, um, it would be a huge blow if it was in the later part of the season versus the early part when you get it, get it over and done with and then move on from there. So you have to wait and see. Hopefully, and I know they're hoping for it, that it won't take place in the later part of the season during the playoff push. These things have a tendency to take time uh, once once uh, the interviews are done, and then they have to quite naturally go back and and uh, check out the the truthfulness truthfulness that was in the in the interviews, or if if, uh, uh, if there's nothing more to it, then they move on. Uh, training camp has has to. Um, is an important part of the uh, uh, football season uh, to, to pre- prepare teams for the football season. So I don't know if this is a blessing or not, or a curse. You get interviewed in the beginning of the season, depending on what the questions are asked and what questions, what, what, what the answers are. That's going to weigh on you all tra- training camp. You got to believe it's going to be a distraction for those involved, and then then what happens? You got to worry about whether whether your answers were were uh, uh, good enough that no further consequences are going to come about. That's got to be a distraction, and you get then you got to you know you got to prepare. Especially the veterans that have been around for a while, you got to prepare and do your thing in training camp, and then prepare for the beginning of the season. With the guys involved, this hanging over their head. Not feeling sorry for them. I'm just stating the facts here. So you got to believe that this is serious business. You got guys that. Um, have a possibility, I'm not saying it's going to happen, not saying accusing anybody, but it's always a possibility. Once you're named in a report like this, um, then you got to go through the whole process and it, and it does become a distraction. And uh, pretty much you got to clear your name. If you're named in a, this report, to performance enhancing drugs you're this is more or less and and i really hate this phrase but it's more or less you're guilty and proven innocent instead of the uh exact opposite way so so it is what it is all right i talked about 15 minutes uh give or take on the nfl 
let's move on to the NBA and what took place this past what a Thursday, I think it was, which was the uh, NBA draft. And uh, uh, during the NBA draft, one of the key players in the Oklahoma City Thunder got passed on. Uh, but we'll get to that. Free agency is also uh, going to take place, and, and name free agents like just such as Kevin Durant for one um, are going to be in high demand. Looks like the Golden State Warriors, the um, the uh, San Antonio Spurs, and the um, Oklahoma City Thunder, quite naturally with Kevin Durant, is playing basketball now is uh, going to try to woo him to uh, their team or the in, in Gates case of the Oklahoma City Thunder going to try to uh, woo Kevin Durant to stay uh, especially with the the, the draft uh, I mean draft day trade that the Thunder did with the uh, Orlando Magic moving uh, Serge Ibaka and in return getting uh, a, a very good shooting guard in Odilapio, Odilapo and a 2017 second round pick uh, for Serge Ibaka, who, from what, what I understand, and I didn't know this until recently, that Kevin Durant and Serge Ibaka were not the best of um, friends. Let me put it that way, if you want to put it that way. So that's one less headache that uh, Kevin Durant, if he decides to stay the coach, OKC, has to worry about. Got a lot of talent on this uh, team now, uh, with Serge Ibaka gone, with uh, uh, Old Lapo adding to the firepower if Kevin Durant decides to stay, and, and uh, Russell Westbrook, and, and the other players uh, that, that, and not discounting the other players, I'm just saying. This is a, a, a very, it will be a very good team. But, What's even more intriguing is this. Like I said, Kevin Durant decides to take meetings after July 1st, which is where it opens up for uh, free agents to negotiate with other teams or take offers from other teams. That... uh, Kevin Durant would be talking to the Warriors and Spurs and let's speculate for a minute. Let's speculate for a minute. Just think about this. This, this for pie in the sky he was talking about here. Just let's push this aside. Push the Oklahoma City Thunder aside for now. Okay? Let's push, push them aside. And just think about the possibilities of Kevin Durant going face-to-face with the front office of the Golden State Warriors, who have won a championship this past season, and the San Antonio Spurs, who have won, what, five? Five championships? 
and uh, of them acquiring the talents of Kevin Durant to go along with, with their current roster. Let's go and, and look at the Golden State Warriors since they uh, were in the last two championships winning one of them. Uh, they have the two-time back-to-back MVP shooting um, a sharpshooter, I should say, and Stephon Curry. They have one of the be- better shooting uh, guards that go, uh, go along in, uh, in, in, with the uh, Golden State Warriors, and Clay Thompson. Uh, one, of the, I mean, one of the de- deadliest combo guards in all of basketball. Probably the best duo shooting in all basketball. And, and I have to say that without it, without any reservations that those two are. Then they have an all-purpose number four in Damon Green. That trio teamed up with the possibility of one of the best forwards in all of basketball in Kevin Durant. Just imagine those four. And who cares, in my opinion, who cares who the center is in that? All you need is a center that can stand on his feet and not trip over it. That's all you would need. Because all the firepower and the defensive prowess that you would have with that team, you just need a guy to be able to defend the basket and rebound. That's all you would need. Just think about that. Now, the Golden State Warriors go 10 deep, okay? They run guys in and out all the time. But the starting five, of the Golden State Warriors would be mind-boggling. It would be Stephon Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, and whoever in the center position, Andrew Bogot. That's that's. I can see I can see that. There is no way in all God's creation that they shouldn't win a multiple, as long as these guys stay healthy and stay together, the multiple championships because they play very good defense. I'm not calling that they're, they're, the, they're the best defensive player because their main thing is playing offense. I mean, doing, doing offense, but they can play defense, team, good team defense, and would be – the highest scoring team in basketball, in my opinion. I mean, the Golden State Warriors for the last few years have been in top five in in, in scoring. Points four. And they've not been that too shabby in in defending against against, uh, uh, scoring, you know, on team defense. So if you add Kevin Durant to that, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's a possibility. He's taken. He's taken. Uh, 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 taken a meeting with him, so he's interested. 
Now let's go to the Southwest versus the, the West Coast. Let's go to the Southwest, further south than Oklahoma, to Texas, to the San Antonio Spurs, and Greg Popovich, and the tradition of winning that the San Antonio Spurs have. With Tim Duncan, even if he doesn't come back, he got um, you got that team to, to contend with. You got let me just—I don't want to miss anybody here because there's some key guys here um, that I want to point out to you. You got Lamarcus Aldridge, who they acquired just this past past uh, uh, off season. You got Kwawe Leonard. You got Tony Parker, Danny Green, Boris Diaw. Tim Duncan is a free agent. So, Popovich, with the foundation and the tradition of winning that the um, San Antonio Spurs have, does Kevin Durant want to go to that situation um, with the – and I can tell you now, uh, the – San Antonio Spurs were the second winningest team in, in all of basketball. Got put out by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, does uh, Kevin Durant want to go to that? And, and not to, to disparage it, but I see that pieces that the San Antonio Spurs have, I think they are going to take a step back and – I know that Greg Popovich will get the best out of their players, uh, still have a winning record, uh, but I don't think there'll be a major player in the NBA playoffs in Western Conference. Like Kevin Durant may see it as an opportunity to become the man in San Antonio and decide to go that route rather than just be another piece of the wheel in Golden State, the way they play basketball, where they share the basketball, depending on what Kevin Durant is really looking for. Does he want to be a cog in the wheel, being able to share the basketball, being able to not be the highest scorer every night or for most nights, or being the main go-to guy? Because on that team, there is no main, really main go-to guy. I mean, Stephon Curry is the, is the MVP in the last two years. But he easily defers to anyone that has a hot hand and lets them do their thing, and, and he'll be a, a member of the supporting cast because that's the way they've been winning basketball games and have bought into the philosophy of Steve Kerr as in all for one and one for all. Will Kevin Durant want to be that? Or is he going to be used to what he's been doing in Oklahoma, being one of the guys, one of the guys? If it's not him, it's Russell Westbrook. But it's 
only two choices, not multiple choices like in Golden State. And he may not be a uh, uh, he may be one of two choices in San Antonio. Depend on what his mindset is. Depend on what he's looking for. Uh, quite naturally, everyone said they're looking for a championship, but how do they, do they want about going to get that championship? Do they want to be one of the guys in that quest for a ring, or they just want to be, or do they want to be a uh, the guys? Plural, the guys, not the guys, singular. It's only up to Kevin Durant to see what happens. And I know I've spent a lot of time on that, but that is because he's one of the biggest catches in free agency this year. Where Kevin Durant goes, so does um, a, a lot of the press on how that team is going to fare wherever he goes. And, unfortunately, his, his team, his friend, and now these guys are supposed to be pretty good good, good friends, um, and, and, uh, but his pretty good friend or real good friend or whatever you want to talk about is Derek Rose, who got traded from the Chicago uh, Bulls, Surprisingly to the New York Knicks. Now, I can understand why the Bulls, because of um, the um, health history of Derrick Rose and not being able to, to withstand playing a full 82-game season in the NBA and constantly, uh, habitually getting uh, injured year in and year out. And... Uh, Having another guy in in Chicago is basically the guy now, and uh, I thought that probably it was in the best interest of the team to have Derrick Rose not be on the Chicago Bulls going into um, season 2016-17 season. So they moved him to the Knicks. The Knicks basically gave up hot garbage. And they picked up Derrick Rose as a point guard, teaming up with Carmelo Anthony and Mr. Prozinski, which is a pretty good trio. Unfortunately, uh, uh, it doesn't look like Kevin Durant is even going to take a meeting. Now, that may change, but it doesn't look like he's going to take a meeting because he's, he's probably looking for something more stable. I just, I talk, just talked about that he may, not want, he may not want to go to a situation that is going to require some rebuilding to, or the like. Now, I can say that the San Antonio Spurs more than likely is our playoff team. That's what we come to, to expect from them. Not to saying that they cannot be a playoff team. But you got two key pieces that more than likely won't be, be there. Mon- Mon- Ginobili and Tim Duncan. You don't know what, what's going to happen with them. So you're left with LaMarcus Allridge at the power forward. Boris Diaw at center. Kwawi Leonard at uh, small forward point guard and Tony Parker and Danny Green as the shooting guard. 
that doesn't scare a lot of teams. I hate to say it, but it doesn't scare a lot of teams. In in my opinion, in my opinion, there's only two choices that Kevin Durant has. One, the grass is always greener, and that's going from Oklahoma to the to the to the left coast to Oak Oak Oakland. Golden State Warriors or staying in OKC. Two choices. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. I'll be really surprised if he goes anywhere else. Um, I really be, would be surprised if he goes to San Antonio. But once I look at the roster as it is, uh, I'm looking at the ESPN roster and, and uh, the depth chart, which doesn't include Ginobili or Tim Duncan because um, it looks like, in my opinion, the two guys are not coming back. That that's a rebuild. You got pieces there, but not pieces to compete for a championship. Even with Kevin Durant, not quite there yet. Um, but very competitive. Let me put it that way. More, and just you have to think about this. If OKC beat. Kevin Durant and company with the pieces they had last year and they're missing those pieces this year, some of those pieces. Why would Kevin Durant go to that when his team is the one that moved on from uh, a past San Antonio? So why would he go to that? Taking the, taking the opportunity. Maybe there's something, other things in the works, but he's taking that out of respect. I guess, for that organization and the tradition in Greg Popovich. You take that meeting. In my opinion, two choices. Stay in Oklahoma, go to Golden State. It would be extremely, I mean, it would be monster. It would be huge news if Kevin Durant decided to go to uh, Golden State. With the type of team they have now, adding a, a star like Kevin Durant, Steve Kerr wouldn't be able to sleep at night. He'd be, he'd be, he wouldn't be able to sleep each and every night, whether it's off-season or during the season. Excited to be able to coach a team with that much star power on it? He would be so excited. Anyone would, I would be so excited. I couldn't wait to get to the practice. I couldn't, couldn't wait to get to a real game. You kidding me? I got all, I have all these stars in front of me. And I get to move the pieces in the puzzle for each game or in the practice. Absolute giddy. All right, let's get to the, let's get to the draft. Let's get to the draft. Um, and briefly get to the draft. <clears throat> All right. Before the draft came came to fruition, before it actually took place on Thursday, the Philadelphia 76ers <clears throat> already told Ben Simmons from the uh, from forward from LSU, they only had one year, 
and it was, in my opinion, a so-so year. It wasn't all that, all that, <clears throat> that he was going to be the number one pick. And like the, some of the world's most talented players are going to um, embark on their once-in-a-lifetime um, NBA career. And um, Ben Simmons has as much upside as anyone in the draft, and he could win up a, a, a perennial, could wind up being a perennial all-star. But just like I told you, in LSU, he pretty much coasted, and there could be legitimate questions about his leadership. The last time the 76ers had the number one pick, guess who they took? One of the best point guards in all of basketball history. Even though a lot of people didn't like his, his, his ways, including yours truly, you had to respect the game. Warrior on the field, on, on, the, on the court. Not that famed interview when he's talking about practice. Not the game. You're talking about practice. I'm talking about AI. The last time the 76ers took the number one pick. Excuse me. So that worked out pretty well. And I got to trust the, uh, uh, um, that the 76ers had a, uh, did enough vetting and was able to come up with the conclusion that Ben Simmons would be the number one pick and their, bet, their best bet um, of all the players they could choose from. Lakers had the number two pick, and they decided to go to uh, uh, North Carolina and, and a school that pushes out NBA players, maybe not so, not a lot of worthy players, I'm not talking about North Carolina. I'm talking about Duke. And uh, I got to give them a strong grade for that one because they they uh, decided to pick up a 6'10 um, player with a 7'3", 7.7-foot-3-inch wingspan. 18-year-old. These guys are very young. He only been in one year. Talking about Brandon Ingram. Um, some think that he's a he, – he compares to Kevin Durant. They say he has all the necessary tools to be an all-NBA talent. He's only got uh, – he weighs less than a buck ninety-nine. Wait, let, me, let me put it this way. He weighs less than 200. So he's got to put on some man muscle at a frame like 6'10". Um, they're looking for him to be the next franchise player. Kobe's gone. You got a bunch of young guys there. You got a young coach in Luke Walton. Um and uh, uh, they're all going to grow together. Let me put it that way, which could be a bad or a good thing, depending on um, how, they, how they take the coaching. Third pick in the draft was uh, uh, the Boston Celtics. And uh, they used it on one of, the most ath- one of the most athletic front court players available. They picked up uh, a forward from Cal and Jalen Brown. And they, uh, he could be a perfect fit with what uh, Brad Stevens uh, wants to do on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and he, can also, he also has some offensive, good offensive skills. 
Phoenix Suns had the number fourth pick, uh, decided to go overseas and pick a Croatian in Dragon Bender. Uh, the addition of this year's top international prospect should be a difference maker in the Suns' front court. He's seven one. He's versatile enough to play either forward position or center. Um, but uh, you can rest assured there will be an adjustment period for the 18-year-old. It's another 18-year-old. He's from Croatia, but he's an 18-year-old. Now, could he be another Kristaps Przingis? We'll see. The Minnesota Timberwolves, who had who picked up uh, uh, Tom Thibodeau as their coach. Um, tough coach with a young, very young team. This adds to this very young team. And uh, they picked up a guard from uh, the University of Providence, or Providence University, or whatever you want to call them, Providence College, or whatever. Chris Dunn, the guard. Um, and this is probably the, the, one of the best fits to have Dunn go to Minnesota under uh, Coach Thibodeau. T- Thibodeau is a tough coach. He'll make you work, I'm telling you. Uh, uh, so this guy... You better be ready to work. Dunn is versatile, powerful combo guard who will go perfectly with Andrew Wiggins on the wing. He was a two-time Big East Player of the Year and also two-time Big East Defensive Player of the Year. You can best believe if he's uh, good at playing defense, the defensive player, very good defensive player, Tom Thibodeau um, is going to love this guy. We go to the dirty dirt, not dirty dirty. We go to uh, uh, um, the Gulf Coast, and we pick up uh, uh, a pick that the New Orleans Pelicans uh, decided to pick from the University of Oklahoma, uh, a guard in Buddy Hill. Hill was one of the best players in all college basketball last season. But now, this is a whole new game. He's a knockdown shooter who can spread the floor for all-star forward Anthony Davis. And his year-by-year improvements in Oklahoma are encouraging. But behind guys like Eric Gordon, Tyreek Evans, and Drew, excuse me, Drew Holiday, is he enough of an all-around talent to make an immediate impact for the lowly Pelicans? Now, let me tell you something. If you watched Buddy Held, he's a dynamic, play, dynamic college player, which I think can translate to the NBA game. And, and I really like this pick for the Pelicans. Young guy, young, versatile can get his own shot and, and, and knock it down. Let me put it that way. It's one thing to be able to get your own shot. It's another to be able to knock that shot down. And I, Buddy Held is an extremely good player uh, for the uh, Pelicans and, and the um, – I think he, he's going to work, work out very well. Uh, Denver had the next pick. Uh, a lot of guards going on here, a lot of guards. And they continue to tre- the trend that there's another Kentucky player that is dis- going in the first round. Maybe not one of the first six picks, but he came in number seven for the Denver Nuggets. I'm talking about Jamal Murray. And nu- the Nuggets, very good defensive team, one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the NBA. Murray is a very good outside shooter. NBA-ready offensive player, no doubt. Um, he may not be all that athletic, and there are questions about his defense, but 
the Nuggets need his offensive power, offensive talent. And if he's going to play defense, um, well, if he's not going to play that much defense, the other four players, not that he shouldn't try to uh, uh, um, carry his load, but if they're just looking for him for offense and as minimal defense as he, as he, as he may play, uh, then they they can welcome him into to the uh, Nuggets organization because they need uh, offensive uh, um, talent. Right, let's move on to the Sacramento Kings. Um, who they traded to Phoenix, which was Marquise Chris, a forward from Washington. In the first eight picks, the Suns snagged the first – now you, I don't understand. You see, you see, the Suns picked up Dragon Bender, a forward. I told you that was a seven-one frame, eighteen years old from Croatia, and they picked up a, a another guy that the Sacramento Kings um, drafted, and then they traded him to Phoenix in Marquise Chris from forward from Washington. The Suns are looking for athletic big guys, and it's none snack too. The best big, bigs not named Ben Simmons or Brandon Ingram. Um, Marquise Chris is six ten, two thirty, with three forward with three point range, and elite athleticism is is and you got to think that it is a um, not a single, not a double, not a triple, but a home run. Maybe a project. He may, may not be able to count, be counted on uh, immediately, but it's a work in progress for the Phoenix Suns. But they picked up two of the best big men uh, in the first uh, eight picks, within the first eight picks. Let's go to the Toronto Raptors, who went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. <clears throat> and uh, a young and emerging team. Um, that uh, are getting better each year. Um, a guy, a center from Utah, Jacob Potal. He picked up a legitimate back-to-the-basket score. Excellent rebounder. Um, and will provide front course insurance in case Bismack Biembo, who's a free agent, decides not to resign with the Toronto Raptors. Now, here's where it gets interesting. I just recently heard about this guy when I really got into uh, the, pro- the, the the NBA draft. I'm not a big NBA guy. I, I, you've, if you've listened to me before, you know I'm not a big NBA guy. I don't watch the NBA that much. Um, I, I watched it. Uh, sporadically, I watched more of the NBA Finals and the playoffs this year than I probably have in the last five years, and that's the honest to goodness truth. The honest to goodness truth. And the only reason why why I did that is because I like the way that the Golden State Warriors um, play basketball. I'm a Nick fan, but I, I like the way I like Stephon Curry, um, and I like the way they were playing basketball. Anyway, getting back to the draft. Milwaukee Bucks with Jason Kidd. Um, 
and a lot of young lanky players that they have in Milwaukee. A kid from Australia, 18 years old, Sudanese Australian. A lot of people. He's I think he's a YouTube um, popular on YouTube. Become popular at the NBA draft was coming closer and closer. You saw clips of him on YouTube or whatever um, against not uh, non NBA talent. He's seven one, two hundred fifteen pounds. Probably need to put on another ten to fifteen pounds at least. Um, doesn't have that much experience. Like I said, he's got size. He's seven one, very athletic. And could be a well, that could be is a risk and a project because, like I said, he hasn't played against NBA type talent. But no guts, no glory. And is this, with the tenth pick, tenth pick, the Milwaukee Bucks decide to take a shot. Um, I don't blame him. Uh, it's the tenth pick. Uh, they couldn't wait for the next, the next round. He wouldn't be there. Someone, someone else other than the Milwaukee Bucks would have taken them and then would shoot themselves. And I hate to say it like that, but would would, um, regret not taking him and and, uh, having someone else take him and he becomes a star. So he's got the tools, supposedly got the tools, but can he translate those tools into the NBA talent level that they, the Milwaukee needs? He'll be tried. He'll be tried. You got to give it to the kid. Uh, right after the draft, TMZ said, what are you doing now? Are you going to a party? He said, no, I got practice in the morning. I got interviews or whatever else. Like He's had obligations the following day. Let me put it that way. I had ob- obligations the, prob- the following day. And r- rather than an 18-, 19-year-old kid going out, I'm going to have a good time and then worry about it tomorrow, I'm going to bed. Now that's that's telling me this kid got his priorities in order, and that he's going to take care of business because now he realizes it's a job, and I'm get, getting paid big bucks to play a game I love, and I can't allow anything within my control, on power, to screw it up. Got to believe that that is a, that's a good thing. All right, let me go to the eleventh pick. Uh, excuse me, the 11th pick in uh, which was traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Because you have to think now. Serge Ibaka went to the Magic. In exchange, the Magic picked up um, Odilapo, the shooting guard from the Atlanta Magic, who's a very young and good, mature player. And the 11th pick that was traded to them that the Atlanta Magic, which was Domantas Sabonis, a forward from from um, from uh, Gazanga, excuse me. The Thunder are getting an NBA-ready big man who comes out of an extremely productive year at Gazanga. Even better 
He dominated against Utah's Jacob Podol when the two prospects met in the NCAA ta- tournament. So Podol, who got picked, and I'm going back again just to make sure I don't get this wrong, who got picked in the was the fifth pick? Nope. Wait a minute. I, I know I saw him. Where Where is he at? Not there. Six. He got picked ninth To the Toronto Raptors Sabonis Who got picked 11th Dominated him in the NCAA tournament You gotta like What the Oklahoma City Thunder did They fleeced In my opinion They fleeced the Atlanta Magic taking Odalapo and the rights to Sabonis. And they just they shipped off Obaka You gotta believe they picked up three players. Three players, one proven player in the NBA, two two proven players in the NBA, Asova, uh, Odalapo, and uh, the rights to a player that's NBA, a big a big that's NBA ready, that take the place of Abaka. You got you got to believe that's that's that that's why one of the reasons why I think Kevin Durant may go back to Oklahoma City Thunder. Two choices: Oklahoma, Golden State. I think he goes back to Golden State. I mean, Oklahoma. I think he feels it. Um, long-term contract going there. All right, the 12th pick, Utah Jazz. Traded that to the Atlanta Hawks for Torian Tor- Tor- Prince out of Baylor, forward out of Baylor. Prince is a 6'8 forward. Um can hit the three. But his his his, uh, his thing is the playing defense. Um, probably be, be at, and day one he could be a role player. Let me put it that way. And like I said, the Phoenix Suns traded Sacramento Kings. So they traded picks. So the Phoenix Suns now have the 13th pick, or had the 13th pick. They traded to Sacramento, and they picked up uh, Georgios. Papagianis from Greece, seven-two guy, two hundred forty-pounder, and uh, needs somebody to clog clog up the middle, along with uh, um, Demarcus Cousins. That tough. This is going to be tough. Anybody who plays with Demarcus Cousins is going to have a rough time because he's so volatile. Hell of a player. But he's, he's DeMarco Cousins is a coach killer and a very tough player to play with if you're a teammate. Chicago Bulls, like I said, they got rid of uh, Derrick Rose, picked up a guard out of uh, Michigan State. Denzel Valentine uh, had a hell of a name. Uh, AP National Player of the Year, he's headed to Chicago. Um, got a high basketball IQ. He's maturing all, 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 all He's mature and, and excuse me, 
He has maturity and he has court vision. And he's an all-around talent, and he should be a good fit with uh, <clears throat> what they have in Chicago. Uh, athletic team. Denver Nuggets had the 15th pick and uh, picked up uh, Juan Hernan Gomez from Spain. A lot of uh, foreign players in this draft. Um, he's got good size. He's got excellent strength, and, and, and he's a high-mortar guy. Um, uh, but uh, he's going to need work, and uh, um, he may not be make an immediate uh, contribution, but he, he's, he's worth picking up. Still staying on the um, European or foreign, foreign uh, soil, the Boston Celtics, who have another pick. <clears throat> Excuse me. Pick up Gershon Ubicelli, uh, and I know I'm pronouncing that name well, but that's the best way I can do it. He's out of France. He's an undersized uh, power forward at 6'8", but uh, he's great. At, he's like the like one of many of many European players, who's a great three-point shooter. Um, he has strength and physicality. Uh, he may not be the best on um, defense, but he definitely give you uh, a ton of offense. Um, and his offense is it's his best defense. Let me put it that way. And uh, last but not least, it's 17th pick, but uh, I'm not going to go through all this. I thought I could, but uh, an hour's short. Memphis Grizzly pick up Wade Baldwin the fourth, a guard out of Vanderbilt. Combo guard, he can be, he can play either way. Either way, um, with uh, Mike Conley set to hit the free agency, and there's uh, a strong chance he may not be back with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they need need somebody who's a good shooter, uh, who who be valuable on the defensive end. Also, um, but he's a he's good insurance if Mike Conley goes that they can continue having good play from the guard position, or he can shift over to the shooting guard. He's that versatile. May not be the the uh, best gifted player on the team, but he'll give you what you need. All right, people, I'm out of here. Um, I'm just going to drop the mic. Uh, sorry for not getting to my subject subjects, but it is what it is. Talk to me next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. JT is on a master plan, uh, and we'll be having another session of that. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your Sunday. We're out.